Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and I want to thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 8 4321 and when you search just search word of life carlsbad thank you once again for joining us and you're going to join our service already in progress well it is a good morning isn't it hallelujah hallelujah well, who's excited about the Guatemala trip? Okay, well, the, the, the ones that are going are excited. But you know what? The rest of us ought to be excited too. Why? Because you're going vicariously in them. But we understand that, that when, when we send someone out from our congregation, from our body, that you go in them. Praise God. You go with them. There, there is something that happens when you partner with, with someone that is carrying the gospel, and that is that you become a, a, you become a team with them. Praise God. And you go in them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so um, let me ask again with that in mind, who's excited about the Guatemala trip? Praise God. Yeah, now that's, that's more like it. Praise God. Praise God. See, we, we, we just have to understand what happens with that, what, what's going on with that. And, uh, you know, I, um, and, and I think sometimes that the, the reason for our lack of excitement is because we don't understand what's happening. And, uh, and, and when we do, then that's the kind of response we get because, you know, you guys are awesome. Praise God. Praise God. And yes, I'm talking about you. Hallelujah. We've got our bridge class ready to be dismissed this morning. And we are going to dig into the Word of God once again. And, you know, I, uh, I, I love teaching on the Holy Spirit. Praise God. You see, I grew up in Pentecostal circles, and so uh, the, the work and the power of the Holy Spirit is, uh, you know, it's, it's not a new thing to me. I've been around this, you know, for 60 years. And, uh, but, but let me just say this, I never heard a lot of teaching about, in fact, I don't know if I heard any teaching 
uh, you know, in my upbringing about the, the person of the Holy Spirit and the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw this out. I've said it before, but uh, sometimes you got to say things several times before people begin to catch on to it, okay? All right, so I'm going to say it again. That's, you say, well, why does pastor keep repeating stuff? I, I do it because, you know, um, hey, I, I'm like you. I don't always get things the first time I hear it. In fact, you know, I heard some things. I, I remember one time I heard some things said about tithes and offerings. And uh, um, eight years later, I'm, I, I, I hear it again. And when I heard it eight years later, all of a sudden it clicked. And I understood what was being said. I heard it eight years ago, but then all this time later, suddenly the light came on and I, I get it, you know? So uh, maybe today is the time that something clicks and, you know, and, and you get something, you understand something from what I said that you didn't get the first time I said it. Praise God. So, you know, and, and that doesn't mean you're dumb. It's not what that means at all. It just means that there is a process of renewing our minds. Praise God. There is a process, and we all have to renew our minds. Praise God. Praise God. And so, um, turn to the person next to you and say, Today, I intend to get my mind renewed. Now, I don't mean that the, that the total thing is going to happen today. But I mean there's going to be some renewing that takes place today. Praise God. You know, and every time you come to church, there ought to be some renewing that takes place. Every time you open the Bible, there ought to be some renewing that takes place. You know, and uh, if in fact, the, there is a word that has been often misused. It's the word repent. And uh, the word repent all by itself now, repent can be connected with other words that, de, that, um, that define it, some other adjectives that, that define it. But, um, you know, the word repent as a standalone word just means to change your mind. Now, if we want to talk, we've always used it or, or uh, so often used it in connection with, with changing our mind about sin. And, we, and we've done that so much that we hear the word repent and we automatically think, ah, repent of my sins. Well, you know, um, it can be used in that way, but it has to be connected to an adjective in order to mean that. Repent of sins. And, uh, you know, but just the word repent all by itself just means to change your mind. So, I'm calling on you today to repent. And that means if you see something you've been believing wrong, repent. Change your mind. Praise God. Praise God. I, I'm not saying you need to come down front and, 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 and we 
cry and you know and, and all this now if, if that's what you need to do then that's okay I don't I'm not objecting to that but I'm just saying that all by itself the word repent just means change your mind praise God so we're going to change our mind today I've been changing my mind a lot lately about Holy Spirit why because I've been seeing new aspects fresh aspects of him that I hadn't seen before and, and all of the aspects about Holy Spirit, all the things about Holy Spirit are so, there, there is so much more about Him that I haven't even seen yet. Praise God. And as I see it, I'm going to change my mind about it. Praise God. Praise God. And so, let's, let's look at this and let's just make this statement today before we dig into this. Say, Father, I thank You for Your Word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for the word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only. And I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today, Father, because you've given the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit to do your work in my life. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, last week we started talking about the fact that Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and I, I, I say often that I don't like to hear Christians say, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, or God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And the reason I don't like to hear that is because that statement, I, I know it's not really what people mean sometimes, but for someone who is uneducated in that way um, and, and doesn't understand, it says that Holy Spirit is not God. Jesus is not God. However, we know from Scripture that God the Holy Spirit. He is God. Jesus God is God the Word, and God the Father is God the Father. Praise God. So, they're all three God. Praise God. And, uh, you know, we'll have to teach another day on the Trinity, but, uh, you know, there's three in one, and I just simplify it just like this, and I say, you know, um, I stand here today as Daniel the spirit, Daniel the soul, and Daniel the body, but there's not three of me. And, it, you know, in the same way, God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit, there are not three gods. They are one, but there are three aspects of them and three uh, three personalities of them and three three workings of, uh, you know, they all work as one, as one unit, as, you know, together. Praise God. And so that's, that is my teaching for today on the Trinity. Um, but uh, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about God, the Holy Spirit today. And, um, you know, I want you to remember that when, when John wrote, the Apostle John wrote his first epistle, his first letter. I'm not talking about the, the gospel of John. Uh, I'm talking about the epistle 
of John. There's three of them, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And so 1 John chapter 4, he says this about verse number 8, God is love. God is love. So is he talking about God Father or God the Word or God the Holy Spirit? Well, actually, he's talking about when he just says God is love, he's talking about all of them, the entire Godhead, the, the, the Trinity. They, God is love. So if God Father is love, God the Holy Spirit is love, God the Word is love, praise God, because they, you know, they, they are three in one. Praise God. And so, God the Holy Spirit is love, yet many times, you know, and I, I taught much of this same material one time about God the Father. Because what I'm saying of the Holy Spirit is true of God the Father. It's also true of, of God the Word. Praise God. And so, God is love, yet many times we have acted like he was just the opposite of love. You know, we have, we have seen God as, instead of being as, as uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, God, uh, love is patient, we have seen him as very impatient. We thought that's the way he was. But yet, that's, that's contrary to what the Scriptures teach us. He's not impatient. He is long-suffering. Praise God. And so, um, you know, we've had this, this vision of hair-trigger God, you know, that he is ready to blast you away the first time you mess up. And he is looking for excuse to pull that trigger. And, uh, you know, but that is such a mis misrepresentation of who God is. Praise God. If he were really that way, would you actually still be here? Come on, let's, let's, let's be real honest right now. If he were really that way, would you still be here? No, I know I wouldn't. Praise God. He, he's really not that way. Plus, the fact that John said, Love, God is love, and the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians says, Love is. God is love, and love is. And he says, Love is patient. Love is long suffering. See, and, and when we begin to look at the Apostle Paul's writing to the Corinthians, some we've we have read, we have on this 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. We've preached on it so many times and said, well, this, you know, you need to walk in love, and this is what it means to walk in love. And we have read that as an instruction to us that this is the way we need to behave. You know, and, and, and you know, I will say that it is instruction to us. And I can't take away from that but there's this other aspect. Would God tell you that, that you should be patient 
yet he's impatient. Think of this. Would God tell you that you ought to forgive your enemies, those that wrong you, you ought to forgive them 70 times 7? That's 490 times. And yet, when, when you do the same thing a half a dozen times, you think he's finished with you. You think he's done with you. You think, uh, you know, he, he can never forgive me for that. He told you to forgive those that wrong you 490 times. Would he do less? Would he be less than that? No. On your best day, you don't even come close to measuring up to what he is in and of yourself. Praise God. So, you know, if he, if, if the scripture says love is patient, he's patient. He's more patient than you ever dreamed about. Praise God. Then you can even comprehend he's more patient than that. Praise God. He's not jealous. Why? Because it says love is not jealous. Not jealous. So if he says love is not jealous, that's equivalent to saying God is not jealous. You know, and, and so I went through these things in, in, in the Amplified Bible, the Amplified, actually the Amplified Classic Edition. You say, well, I'm reading Amplified and it doesn't say that. Well, there's a couple of additions to the Amplified Bible. One of them is the, the Amplified, is just called the Amplified Bible. One's called the Amplified Classic Edition. And so uh, this, this is found in the Amplified Classic Edition that, that um, it says, Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy is not boastful or vainglorious. Um, and then, I, I, you know, I talked about those last week, so I'm not going to go back and repeat those. But let's move on to another one. Here's, here's the next thing that it says about love. And remember, if we're talking about love, we're talking about God. So, it said, God does not, or love does not, display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmannerly. You say, well, how does that apply to God? You know, I mean, of course, he's not those things. But uh, um, think of this. He is the perfect gentleman. He is the perfect gentleman, and he will never force himself on anyone. Now, <coughs> having grown up in Pentecostal circles, I saw a lot of things that were completely out of order. And, and uh, you know, and it was almost like, well, the Holy Spirit made me do it. No, the Holy Spirit did not make you do it. He never made anyone do anything. 
You are a partner with the Holy Spirit. And he does not force himself or make you do anything. Praise God. Now, there will be some responses to him, but the responses are yours. They're your responses. That, that's exactly what they are, is a response to him. You know, uh, you say, well, the Holy Spirit just made me laugh. You know, there was a big thing going around, uh, you know, some time back, and uh, um, people were, were, and it really started in a, in a revival meeting that people began to break out in laughter. And so, you know, it got so much attention, then others started trying to emulate that and started trying to, trying to do that. And then it became, uh, it came to the point, it was, it was referred to as the laughing revival. Well, it started out as a genuine move of Holy Spirit, and people responded to the work that the Holy Spirit was doing and they responded with laughter. And, and I'm, not, I'm not being critical of that, but I'm saying that the Holy Spirit didn't make those people laugh. And if they had chosen to stop laughing, they could have stopped laughing because he does not force himself on anyone. I'm not being critical of the fact that they were laughing, you know. There, there have been times when, you know, uh, just the joy of the Lord produced laughter as a response. But he didn't make me laugh. Praise God. Now, said so he's a gentleman. He's not arrogant. He's not inflated with pride. He's not rude. He's not unmannerly. You see, he's going to have an appropriate response. Praise God. The Bible tells us this. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, he said, the, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. He didn't make someone prophesy. Subject to the prophets. Praise God. In other words, Holy Spirit desires a response from you. But He is not going to make you do anything. And you never have to be worried about that. Well, if I, if I yield myself to Holy Spirit, He's just going to make me do crazy things. A lot of people think that. You know, maybe some of you think that. If I yield myself to Holy, if I receive Holy Spirit, He's going to make me start doing crazy things. Well, you know, uh, I, I got to say, in this church, you don't see a lot of crazy. Now, you may see a lot of crazy people, but, <laughs> but you know, there, there's not a lot of crazy things going on. And... Um, you know, some might be critical and say, well, the Holy Spirit's just not in that church. That's wrong. He is very much here, praise God. And He wants you to respond to Him. And sometimes the response to Him might be overflowing, overwhelming joy 
or a, a, a physical demonstration of that, you know, maybe, maybe you feel like dancing. Well, he's, your, your physical being, your, your mind and your body is wanting to respond to what he's doing in your life. So it's okay to go ahead and respond to that. But he doesn't make anybody dance. He won't, make, he won't pick your feet up and make you dance. He won't throw you in the floor and make you roll around. He won't do that because that's not who he is. He does not behave unmannerly or rudely because he is the absolute perfect gentleman. Now there, and like I said, I can't emphasize this enough. Sometimes there is overwhelming joy that just, the, the joy comes over you. And sometimes that calls for a response. And it's okay to respond. Praise God. Praise God. So when we are, we're, in, we're worshiping the Lord, and the joy of what you're singing about, it just puts a little light in your step. It's okay. Praise God. That's all right. But don't be afraid to yield to that, thinking, well, if I yield to that, then I won't be able to stop. Well, you know, if you can't stop, that's because of you, not because of him. Praise God. So don't be afraid, well, he's going to make me do something I don't want to do. He's not. He is not. Praise God. Now, let's go on to this next one. It says that love um, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that, that you know, this is not uh, Burger King have it your way. Okay, most of you aren't old enough to, to even know what that means. But uh, there used to be a Burger King commercial that said, have it your way, you know. And, uh, you know, it's not we just make up our own faith as we go along. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about just do it the way you want to do it and, and, and all. There, there is an orderly way to do things. There is a biblical way to do things, and we don't just make it up as we go. But, uh, but notice this, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're just backing up to the previous chapter. In verse number 7, it says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So he's telling us something here about how God the Holy Spirit does things. He does things for the benefit, for the profit of all. Praise God. 
for the profit of all. In other words, his nature is not to just be, you know, uh, to, to, to be, all, it's not just all about you. It's a, in, the, in the assembly of the, you know, the congregation of the people of God, it's about the body, not about the individual. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he will meet you on an individual level and meet your individual personal need, yes. But I'm talking about, uh, you know, the order of how things are done. There is no person in here that it's got to be your way because that's what the Holy Spirit said. That's not what he said. You know, I'll just tell you, that's not what he said. Praise God. We can, we can know some things about him. And we can, we can discern from that that, you know, it, it's not all just about you. And, you know, furthermore, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is not just drawing attention to himself just to say, well, okay, I'm, I'm here. And, uh, you know, in, in other words, if Holy Spirit moves uh, in a certain direction or a certain way within a service, we ought to know why he did it. We ought to know what was accomplished. You know, many people, the Holy Spirit does something, well, it, you know, and we talk, oh, well, this was a great service, and the Holy Spirit moved this way, and, you know, people were dancing, and people were shouting, and people were, were lifting their hands, and people were slain in the Spirit, and then they walk out the door, and they don't know why he did it. What was he accomplishing there? You know, that, that's contrary to his character. He is love, and love is not, how do we say it again there? Love does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, is not insistent on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. So, in other words, there is going to be a benefit that comes from what he does. If there is no benefit from it, it wasn't him. Praise God. There will be some benefit from it, and we ought to know what the benefit was. You know, did you get set free from something? Did you learn something? Did you grow from something? Did you, uh, you know, w was there... Was there some inner peace? Was there some inner strength that you received from from that? Was you know what was what was the benefit? How did you leave here better? Praise God, because it's not all. It's not just about Holy Spirit showing off. He's doing it for your benefit, for the profit of all. Praise God. And whatever he does, there will be a benefit for the profit of all. Praise God. Praise God. You know, and, and I've seen over the years, I have seen so much that is done, and we had no idea why he did it. And there was, you know, we, we left with you know, feeling good or, or excited or whatever. But tomorrow morning we woke up and nothing changed. But you see, Holy Spirit does things for the profit of all. Praise God.
Praise God. Now, if, 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 I'm, if I'm stepping on somebody's theology, uh, you know, I'm just teaching what I see in the Bible. Okay? And, and if you see it differently than that, that's okay. I, I'm not upset by that. Okay? But, you know, I've been around, like I said, for 60 years, and in 60 years, I've seen a whole lot. Praise God. Now, let, let's go on. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, It, being love, or He, Holy Spirit, does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Rejoices when right and and truth prevail. Now, I have seen too many prophets, so-called prophets, that they love to expose your faults. And, you know, they think that a great thing has occurred if they have a word of knowledge that exposes your faults. And there are people that, uh, you know, because they've got a lot of faults, they're absolutely terrified to come into a service where Holy Spirit might be doing stuff like that. Well, you know, I'm, fr man, I don't want to go to that church because, you know, there's going to be some prophet that's going to expose all my faults. Well, now, I will never be guilty of attributing what God does to the devil. But let me just say this, and please do not misunderstand this, but the devil knows what you did yesterday. He's the one put the idea in your head. So, yeah, he knows what you did yesterday, and he is very capable of exposing it. Okay? But that's not Holy Spirit. And sometimes there have been prophets that have not been operating by Holy Spirit. They have been operating by another spirit. They didn't mean to, but there was just some, there, there was just some ignorance there. And they didn't mean to, but they, they love to expose what you did wrong. Just because, you know, just because something you did was exposed and it was accurate, that doesn't mean it was Holy Spirit. Like I said, there is such a thing called familiar spirits. Why are they called familiar spirits? Because they are familiar with you. Now, don't, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I am not saying that these people are operating that you know that they are of the devil that's not what i'm saying okay i'm just saying that that familiar spirits can and do expose things about people the devil loves to tempt you to do something then when you do it he wants to expose you for it that's the way he does things but here notice what it says he does not 
rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Praise God. Now, let's, let's, let's back that up with another scripture, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, very next chapter, verse number 3. But he who prophesies speaks what? Edification. I, I, I hope you're following along in your Bibles. You know, that, that's really what you ought to do while I'm preaching, okay? You know, that, that's really what ought to be going on. And, you know, if you got your phone out, I'm going to assume you're looking at the Bible on your phone, okay? Um, because I know that probably more of you have a phone Bible than have a print Bible, okay? So, so really, while I'm preaching, you ought to be following along and seeing the Scriptures. You know, I, I always want to do this, and, and uh, I always want to just make up some stuff and, and give you a chapter and verse and see how many would catch it. Uh, don't worry, I haven't done it, and I probably won't. But, you know, that's, that's, but, I, but I have thought about it. Okay. Because you really ought to be following along in your Bible, okay? Because that's what, that's what we call, you know, uh, truth and being responsible for the truth. Praise God. But, but here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 3. But he who prophesies speaks edification. Yeah, you're there. And exhortation and comfort. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort. Now, which one of those three things, edification, exhortation, and comfort, which one of those does exposing your faults fall under? Does it edify you? Does it build you up? No. Does it exhort you? Does it give you an instruction? No. Does it, does it comfort you? Of course not. Doesn't do any one of those three things. He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. Praise God. And so if, if love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail, why some people get so excited when somebody's faults are exposed. Praise God. You know, I have no desire to expose your faults. Now, here, here's the thing. I may have a word of knowledge, not a prophecy, because prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. I may have a word of knowledge about something that you've got going on in your life that you need to take care of and you need to deal with, but I don't need to expose that to the whole crowd.
If the Lord tells me something like that, I'll come to you and talk to you about it. But I'm not going to expose you to the whole crowd. That's not how Holy Spirit does things. Praise God. Praise God. So, don't be afraid to come here thinking, well, I did this last night and the Holy Spirit might expose me. He's not going to. Not going to. Praise God. And as a pastor, he may give me something about you and about that that I need to talk with you about, but I assure you I will not be exposing it to the whole crowd. Praise God. Praise God. And here's one. Love, or Holy Spirit, bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures without weakening. Now, remember, he's telling you, yes, this is what you ought to be like if you're walking in and really manifesting the love of God, but this is what Holy Spirit is like too. Let's go through that slowly. He bears up under anything and everything. You know, I have heard that the Holy Spirit leaves churches when a baby cries in the service. Now, some of you think that's silly because you've been around here and that's not what we do. But, but honestly, I have heard such things. Well, it just grieves the Spirit because a baby cried. You know what? God invented babies. <laughs> and that's the way he invented them. They cry. And he doesn't get upset with, when a baby cries. Now, it might distract you, but Holy Spirit does not leave our service because a baby cried in service. Now, we try to limit the distractions, not from the Holy Spirit, but from you. You know, I mean, you're the one that's distracted. And we try to eliminate that as much as possible. You know, that's, that's why we help to, that's why we take care of babies. Furthermore, we believe that babies can learn. In fact, you know, studies show that you learn more in the first three years of your life than you learn in the rest of your life all put together. We believe babies can learn. That's why we teach babies back here. It's God. And so, it's, it's not about that we think we're going to upset Holy Spirit. You know, that, that's not the case at all. But let's take advantage of that capacity to learn at that age, and let's begin to put the Word of God in them, but not just here. Do it at home too, okay? It's going to be much more effective if you do it at home too. Praise God. But He is ever ready to believe the best of every person. His hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. You know, 
I, I told you about the guy that wrote the book that said when there was a conflict between him and his wife, the dove would fly away and leave. And, you know, Holy Spirit's like that. He'll, if there's some kind of a conflict, he leaves. You know what? You couldn't get him to leave if you wanted to. Because Jesus said he would abide with you forever. Praise God. Praise God. So you couldn't get him to leave if you wanted to. You couldn't upset him to the point that he would leave. And, you know, any separation that takes place there is all in your mind and understanding. And so, you know, he is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It's his hopes for you are fadeless. No matter how bad you mess up, he still believes you're going to fulfill the plan of God for your life. You, you get that? There is never going to come a day when Holy Spirit says, you have messed up too badly, forget it, the call of God has been revoked from your life. He's never, ever going to say that. And whatever the call of God has been on your life, if it was ever there, it's still there. Praise God. And he believes no matter what you have done, he believes you're going to fulfill it. Hallelujah. Then he says, it endures everything without weakening. Praise God. I mean, doesn't that sound a whole lot better? I mean, don't, don't you like this Holy Spirit a lot better than you like the one that leaves every time you a uh, baby cries? <laughs> I, I like this Holy Spirit a whole lot better. Praise God. You know, and I'm not just making up Holy Spirit to my taste and, you know, and the way I want him to be. No, that's the way I, I showed you the Bible. This is what it says that he's like. Praise God. He does not bail out on you when you fail. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I have to stop again. Man, this is my least favorite part of Sunday morning is when I had to stop. Why? Because I've got so much more. But, you know, I want you to know this Holy Spirit. Praise God. I want you to know what He's like. And I want your fears of Him. I know there's so many people that they really are afraid of Holy Spirit. You know, they love Jesus. They don't really understand father thing, but, you know, hey, that's, that's good. You know, sometimes they're a little bit afraid of God the Father because they think God the Father is the one who did all the bad stuff in the Old Testament. I didn't say he was. I just said that's what they think. think well, that was Father God. Jesus, you know, he loved us and he came and died on a cross for us. So, you know, Jesus loves us. God the Father, you know, he was kind of hard. Holy Spirit... Know him at all, and and, and sometimes we, we, man, uh, he scares me. 
And, you know, I am so sorry that for, for the misunderstanding that some in my profession have, have put you through. You know, I, I sincerely apologize for that. And, you know, and, and, and I'm, I, I even have to admit that there have been times in my life in ministry that I probably have contributed to that. I so deeply apologize for that, but I want you to know this Holy Spirit that is love. Praise God. He is love. And if God is for you, Holy Spirit is for you. If Jesus loved you enough to go to the cross, if it had been Holy Spirit's place to do that, he would have gone to the cross for you too. You see, that it's, it's just a different function. It wasn't his, his function. That wasn't his place. Jesus went to the cross for you. But Holy Spirit, you know, he's come to abide with you and in you forever. Praise God. Praise God. And he, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. Jesus said he would abide with you forever. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do. He, and he also said the same thing of Holy Spirit. He said, Holy Spirit, he, he only says what he hears from the Father. He's not just making up things that are contrary to the Father. What he says to you is what the Father says. Praise God. Jesus said he'll take all of the stuff about me and he'll show it to you. Praise God. So you want to know about Jesus? Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to you. Praise God. Jesus said this. He said that he'll teach you the same stuff I've been teaching you. Praise God. Praise God. He said this, that when he comes, and I may have to do a completely uh, separate sermon on this one. But he said, when he comes, he will convince you of righteousness. So he will convince the world of sin, but, but that's not you, right? You're not the world, right? When you accepted Jesus as your Savior, you were declared righteous. So how would he convince you of your unrighteousness? So he would convince the world of sin, but he would convince you of righteousness. Praise God. In other words, he'll convince you that you're righteous. I like to say it that way. He'll convince you that you're righteous. If you start listening to him, he'll convince you you're righteous. Praise God. And then notice this. He said, Jesus said, I've spoken these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Praise God. He's been talking about Holy Spirit, and he said, I told you this stuff so your joy would be full. Then he said, 
that in John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a well springing up on the inside of him to everlasting life. Praise God. And he's speaking of Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. And next week, we're going to continue talking about, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about his work, what he does. We're going to talk about his power. Praise God. Because I want you to know Holy Spirit. I want you to love Holy Spirit, not fear him. Praise God. This, Jason's already led us in a prayer to receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. But let me just say this. Maybe you, maybe you didn't pray that prayer then, but I want to just give you one more opportunity, whether you're watching online or whether you're here in this room today. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, no matter, no matter when, no matter where you are, when you believe that Jesus came to this earth, died on a cross to pay for your sins, and that God raised him from the dead. And it is simply this. It's, it, salvation is, is a choice. You make a choice, and you, you seal your choice with the words of your mouth. That's what this is all about. You believe in your heart, and you say with your mouth. Praise God. So just simply say this with me. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sins. You raised him from the dead so I could have new life. And today, I choose Jesus. I choose to trust him for my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life, for saving me. Amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad. Or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you, and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.